Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash W-A-N-T-P-O-W-E-R. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 88. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey there, friend. How are you? Boy, oh boy, do I have an amazing treat for you today. Today I have on a special guest. Her name is Chris Plackey, and she is an amazing coach who her niche, like what she focuses on, I swear, I think pretty much every single physician is going to find this to be very, very helpful. So what she does is she helps people solve employee problems. Okay, so she focuses her work on employee problems that all leaders face, and then also how to solve them (laughs) and how to deal with poor performing employees and poorly behaving employees and how to help create an actual team and organization that's dynamic and flowing and functioning and supportive of one another. If you're anything like me, you've definitely had your ups and downs with this kind of thing in the past. And so I wanted to bring her onto the podcast because first of all, I think many of you are going to want to immediately hire her because she's amazing. But besides that, I think that we think, and I see this with my clients a lot, we think that because we often have a little bit more of an unusual kind of scenario with the people that we work with on our team, meaning we might be employed 
by the hospital and they're employed by the hospital or different medical system. And so we work together, but we're not really their boss, but we kind of are their boss. We think that that's so complicated and that it is not really solvable. And I see this in my clients all the time where their whole day is a disaster because of their thoughts about their medical assistant or their nurse or whoever's on their team. And it exhausts them so much that when they get home, they're like, where's the wine? Where's the chocolate? Like, (laughs) where's the tortilla chips? Like, I just cannot even deal anymore. And what they really think is that that person needs to change, which they might. But in the meantime, you can do so much on your end and do that in a way that's actually pleasant for you and really serves you. And so we dig into all of that stuff with Chris today. Chris is one of those people that I think would be great to have on again to answer some of your questions. So if you have specific questions that you would like me to ask her on a future podcast, definitely go to the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash 88, number 88. And let me know what your questions are. I could have gone on and on and on with her, but in the interest of time, I, (laughs) I, I cut it down a little bit. So let me know what it is that you're wanting to know, and I will for sure bring her back. So definitely enjoy Chris. I should let you know that she has written three books. She's written Change Your Think, An Unexpected Way to Think About Managing People, Five Truths for Thinking About Difficult People, and How to Coach Difficult People in Six Steps. And she will also tell you on the call how to work with her and how you can find out more information about her. And you know, it's so interesting. Her third book is called how to coach difficult people in six steps. You have to know that no matter what, if you are working with other people, which as a doctor, you have to be, I don't know, any doctor works completely by themselves. You are actually coaching those people and you might be coaching them to not perform in the way that you want them to, but unknowingly right? So this is such a great way for you to learn how to coach them to bring out the best in them, just like you're learning how to coach yourself to bring out the best in yourself. So do not miss this episode. Chris is amazing. She's been a coach for a long time and she's just a fantastic, fantastic resource. So please enjoy. Chris Plackey, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I am just so excited because I think, well, first of all, like I told you, I think that we could talk for like three hours, but I'm For pretty sure. sure that nobody would want to listen to that. So <laughs> I <laughs> would break this down into okay. like really good, solid help for <laughs> all these doctors out there who need yes, a bad lane. But you know, I always ask all of my people first, just tell us about yourself and your background. Who do you help? Just give us a little background info. Okay, cool. So I'm Chris Plackey and I'm a leadership coach and I have about 25 years of leading and managing experience. And before I started my business six, just six years ago, literally, I think almost on the day, I think it was like July 17th, six years ago. Yeah, super, super cool. I ran a performance coaching team that I designed inside an organization. And then before that, I led and managed teams for years. And I had the benefit of having some really good development, some really good mentors. And I was very, very early on attracted to coaching. In fact, I think I took my very first coaching class, like one of those sort of seminars at some Berkeley Institute or something, <laughs> 1994. Oh, nice. So I've been studying coaching for years and I just kept trying to weave it into my practice as a leader and it worked, right? And so then, so then when I started my own business, I had all this runway 
having done the work within an organization, it was kind of like a playground for me to test stuff. And so then when I started my business, I was like, I wonder if this will work with other people. And it seems to. So, yeah, um, so I love what I do. I love coaching leaders. There's a lot of managers. In fact, the majority of them, people who manage people who don't have any training, they want to do well, but they just don't know really where to start. And so I like to be that person that can help simplify what feels really complex and hard. Show folks that it doesn't have to be. There really are solutions that are available to you. So yes. Oh my God. So good. Okay. So this is, so my questions for you are going to be based on my own personal experience being in practice, but also what I coach my clients on and the issues that they have. So for sure, many physicians. So, okay. The vast majority of physicians go into medical school thinking like, I just want to be an amazing doctor and I want to help people. Some of them have aspirations to maybe, you know, move up the ranks, but a lot of them really don't. But as they advance and maybe they work for an academic institution or something like that, they can be called on to take on more of these leadership positions. And it can be something like being in charge of the medical students who rotate through. It can be residency program director or co-director or assistant director or something like that. And then it can also be being in charge of your whole department and then sometimes even higher up within the medical organization. And so many of my clients are interested in doing this. They think it's fun. They like to do it, but then now suddenly they're managing people mm-hmm. and they're like, wait, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. And I see kind of two things that typically happen. There's probably more too, but it's usually one or the other where they either get into a total people pleasing mode where mm-hmm. they just are like overly nice because they want everyone to like them. And then that doesn't go over very well and they feel terrible or yep. they just get super frustrated and resentful of the people that they manage because all these people keep coming to them with problems and they don't really know how to help them with solutions. So difficult boss, right? right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Then they're the boss that all the people are complaining about. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who is either thinking about moving up or is finding themselves in this kind of leadership position? And now they're like, what do I do? Exactly. So it's so good. It's it's normal. And the way that I think about leadership is the way I think about anything else. And and I want to make sure I'm clear because leading is different than managing. And I actually think that a lot of physicians are probably very good leaders because I think it takes a lot of a lot of ability to have that kind of confidence and and willingness and interest in serving and helping people in the way that you guys do. So leadership is different. That's having vision and direction and what you want to achieve bringing people with you. Managing is the part that we, most of us are really crappy at. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. I'm like, yeah, we can lead a team. We're like, there's someone's trying to die. I'm going to lead the code right now. Yeah, like, excellent at that. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but the managing part is it, it's, so it's a skill. Okay. And the best way, like you can think about anything that you've learned how to do as a physician, you had to learn it, right? Yeah. You didn't walk into med school and know how to I don't know, draw blood or (laughs) right, right, any of that. You didn't know. You had to learn. And there was a whole process that you had to go through to learn that skill. And I think a lot of us assume that because we're human, it shouldn't be so hard to manage humans, right? Because shouldn't we all just get along and don't we all just want the same thing? And don't we all just want to be successful? And the answer is Kinda. And so um, we've got to treat managing as its own skill. Okay. And it's, I don't think it's that complicated. 
I think what happens is it feels really complicated. There's a lot of motion involved and there's a lot of inner, you know, energy exchange and stuff, but really you just have to learn the basic steps, the fundamental steps of managing a team. And then anyone really could be very successful because if you complement that with your technical competence, right? Yeah. Then you become unstoppable. Yeah. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Because what's so great about that is it's like, oh, this is just another thing I can learn how to do versus being thrown in and going like, let me just sort of figure this out. And And that's what so many people do. And they think they're supposed to be good at it. Like people think they should just be good at giving feedback. Why? Really? Yeah. Why? Did you take that <laughs> class in high school? I didn't. People should be good at dealing with a difficult person. I, I didn't take that class either, yeah, right? No. So, yeah. So those yeah. are all, we, but we sort of expect that of ourselves. And then I think yeah. we, a lot of managers think that they're failing, but they haven't ever really set themselves up to be successful. Yes. And I think it's really interesting to think about it in that managerial kind of role, because I think a lot of these kind of quote unquote leadership roles that physicians take on are really managerial. It's like, hey, can yeah. you manage all of our residents, please? Can you manage all of the fellows in yeah. this program? And sure, you're leading them and you're teaching them and you're mentoring them and things like that, but really yeah. you're managing them. There are, there's a management element. Yeah. And I, you know, I know people like to think that when you get to be like the CEO, you don't manage. No, there's still, you've got an admin, you've got an executive admin, you've got somebody that you have to hold accountable and that is managing. And when, and that that exists, there have to be some metrics and some processes in place. As soon as you build it, the best news is about once you gain those management skills and you build it, it's easily replicated. Okay. So if you're a physician and you're running a small team and then you become, you know, chief of staff and you're really big deal, right? Everything you learn, just you take it at that macro level. It really is replicatable, which is cool when you take that the time. That is cool. Yeah, that's yeah. very, very cool. I think a lot of people also think, well, you know, if I had time to go get an MBA, I mean, then maybe I could learn this stuff. But it like, it feels like such a, like a big commitment. And yeah. what I love what you're saying is like, it's really not. Yeah. It's like some basic skills that you practice yeah. and learn. Don't go and get the go. MBA. Don't yeah, do that. don't get the MBA. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Next question is, so in a lot of physicians find themselves in this position where they have some sort of ancillary staff that they work very closely with. So usually it's a nurse or a medical assistant. They are in charge sort of, of that person. Like they work with them, but they are not their direct boss. So like the hospital system has hired the nurse or the medical assistant and they're in, there's some sort of person who's in charge of managing all of them. And then the physician is employed kind of in a different avenue. Then they're yep. brought together. Maybe they've been allowed to choose who it is that they are working. A lot of times they're not. Yep. And so sometimes like we get a double rainbow and everybody loves each other and it <laughs> works great. <laughs> but more often than not, it's a lot of strife from the doctor's perspective. So to the point where for some people, maybe the medical assistant is, you know, very grumpy, doesn't have a lot of interpersonal skills, and isn't very nice when they're rooming patients or helping them with things. And then that and then the physician's salary is at least at least partially tied to their patient satisfaction scores. Awesome. You can see where their thoughts are going, right? They're like, yeah. okay, fine. You're really not a nice person, but like now I'm getting paid less because of you. Like this is yeah. a real problem. <laughs> yeah. And so exactly. they feel like they can go and complain to the person who's in charge of that person, but like not a lot happens. 
Mm-hmm. And they feel very stuck. And I think it leads to a lot of burnout because they don't feel like they can trust that person to do things. So then they are taking on more of the kind of yep. admin kinds of things themselves, which yep. builds up. And like, they're just so resentful and miserable in their day-to-day life. So how mm-hmm. do you deal with like that quote unquote difficult person who you're sort of in charge of, but you're not really? <laughs> right. Okay. So first of all, there's like, I know what you do so much with your clients, right? And your podcast listeners is understanding your own mind and understanding how your thoughts about this person are affecting even your relationship with that you have with them just in your head, right? So yes. I want I want to always emphasize that on a part of the work I do also with my clients is helping my clients understand like, if you're standing in front of a brick wall and you don't have a hammer, but the wall is blocking you, like you can't just stand there and yell at the wall. That's not going to get you results. <laughs> and that's what we do sometimes in our brain, right? We just yell yes. at we yell at our circumstance thinking yes. somehow that will change it. That's not going right. to work. So there's that work. We all have to understand that. However, I'm a, I believe in helping my clients and people I talk to really assume ownership for their 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 circumstance. So if I've been assigned a medical assistant who is awful and is not demonstrating great patient care, I've actually had that medical assistant. So I totally can relate to this. Like, as a <laughs> right. And it's really nice to know that it wasn't my doctor's fault because I love her. Right? Yes. But, and that's why you um, keep going I, back. You're like, her yes. assistant is awful, but I love well, her. They keep being new ones. But she's actually effective, I think. Right. That's he good. does something to get rid of them. So <laughs> I should probably ask her. But so we have to, so, so first of all, it's a position of ownership. If I stay in a position of burden, like this happens to me and there's nothing I can do about it, yes. then of course, right now I'm just sort of, so, 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 so we got to kind of have this mindset of thinking, okay, this person may not report to me, but I am responsible for their work and their performance. I may not do their performance review and I may not be able to fire them, but I am responsible for them right? Like really owning it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that to me starts on the day they show up. The day they walk in, in my, in my mind, what I would do is sit Sally Joe down or whatever and say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. I would like to let you know what it's like here to work with me. Here are my expectations. And those expectations, now this applies to whether you own your business or, or the circumstance that you've outlined. So we can answer this, I think, in two different ways, right? Yeah expectations are behavior-based and they're based in values. So what do I expect of somebody who performs, who works for me, right? So what do you think some of your listeners would say? What are some of the expectations? Yeah, that they are respectful of the patients, that they are prompt and timely, that they're not spending a lot of time being distracted and talking to other staff members, like they're rooming the patients on time. Yes. That they're anticipating what the doctor's needs might be. Like they see, oh, right. this person is coming in for this. Oftentimes when that is the case, she orders this lab or whatever, kind of yep. just just kind of, of you know, uh, yeah, thinking ahead of time and then facilitating effectively and accurately whatever the plan is. Like if you ask them, hey, I need you to do this and that or measure this or check their blood pressure again and on a timely basis, being able to get in there, get that done while still rooming the next you know, patients. So Perfect. a lot of it's, it's like project management, right? It's like someone who right. is thinking ahead, anticipating and is quick. I mean, you know, I yeah. think that's a big and thing when they're very focused. slow. It's yeah, it's, um, yeah. it can be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So when I sit down with that person, then I would say all of those things, right? I want to know that you're thinking ahead of time. I want to know that you are 
exceptionally patient focused. I want you to know, I want you to pay, I want you, I want to know that you have paid enough attention to how I treat my patients that when they're with me or with you, they share that same experience. I expect honesty. I expect speed and timeliness of delivery, whatever it is that we're doing, right? Like we could just say whatever it is. Oh my God. I love that. Yes. As the manager, as as the doctor, you want to write those down. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when I meet with you, I'm going to give them to you. Yeah. Writing. Yeah. And then I'm going to ask you, so Katrina, I'm really excited you're here on board. What do you expect of me? Ooh, that's good. Right. And we're going to have this conversation. I'm going to take you to lunch or we're going to get coffee or we're going to go after work. I don't care when. It, this relationship, as far as I can tell, for a doctor is the probably most important relationship oh, yeah. you're going to have. Yes. So investing in calibrating expectations up front. Now, if you haven't done that and you have someone already up who yes. you can't stand working with, yes. you can still do it. Awesome. You can just say, hey... <laughs> this great idea about setting (laughs) expectations. And you can still sit down with them and say, hey, I want to calibrate some expectations with you because I don't know if we ever did that. Yeah. And here's what I expect of people that I work with. What do you expect of me? And you have that conversation, right? Now we have these agreements that we've made. And so then if you've got, you know, four patients and someone, there was an obvious something they could have prevent, they could have seen ahead of time and they didn't. Then I can go back to that medical assistant and say, hey, you know, I noticed with patient in room 12, they said this, but they weren't ready for that. Can you help me understand what happened? And that's where coaching has to come in. But we hold people accountable to expectations. If we haven't set expectations, we can't hold people accountable. And people think accountability just means writing them up and firing them. And that is not true. Most accountability is just agreements that we make with one another. Yeah. Hey, do you want to grab coffee? Sure. What time? 10. Okay, I'll be there. That, right? Yeah. It yes. gets to be, if it gets to be that time and you're not at the coffee shop, I'm like, where are you? Right. And that's accountability. Yeah. And I think a lot of us just make it mean something so big and scary. And then we're like, oh, I don't have any yeah. control. I can't do anything. Yes. Absolutely. Every day. And then you can recognize them. Hey, you know what? We were slammed today. You were amazing today. Thank yeah. you for being on it. I, ru- I loved how you did this, this, and this. It changed everything for me today. Yeah. Right? So accountability is, is when things don't go well and also when things go great. And remember to do both. Yeah. But we have to start with expectations. I absolutely love that because I, what I see is that by the time that there's something to even be discussed, they're like so furious inside yes. that anything yes. they say, it's like, you know, people can read that, right? For when you're sure. like, basically like, you know, like biting your cheek and you're like, like, you know, there's so much yeah. tension and they, yeah. and you've been so passive aggressive all day that they know that you're mad and they yeah. know that you're frustrated. And, and when you haven't told them, very specifically what they should do, then you're asking them to read your mind. We're like, it just should come together. It's kind of like, it's like when people think you should just be married and everything should be amazing. Everything like, should be amazing. No. Yeah. <laughs> there actually has to be some communication there. And yes. I think a lot of people have the story of, you know, I just don't want to, I don't like being confrontational. So they think right. that kind of discussion is somehow confrontational and it doesn't Well, if you wait, if you wait until you're totally pissed, you're right. Yes. Now it is confrontational. Yeah. But yeah. if I just recognize, if I walk into a room and something's not the way that I thought it was, and I walk out and say, hey, Sandy, I noticed this, this, and this. Can you can you take a look at that? And maybe next time we can talk about how we can make that better next time. It's not confrontational. Yeah. Here's the thing. People don't like it when you point out what they didn't do well. Yeah. And so 
even if I've set expectations and I took you to lunch and we talked about it, <laughs> when something doesn't go right, if I point it out, I need to expect that people will be defensive. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Defensiveness is not a reason to stop. I'm okay. just going to expect it. Of course you're defensive. Nobody likes to be told they messed up. That doesn't mean I don't love you. I think you're amazing, but this can't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh God, like yes. I'm just going to expect you to be defensive instead of getting defensive that you're defensive. Like right. just like mirroring are. their emotion. Like yeah. they're now upset. So now I'm going to be upset back and like having yeah. this fuck of war. And now we're not I'm noticing anything. like with what you're, you know, what you're saying is like, you've done your own work first, right? You For are sure. like, I am in a good place. Like I love me. I love this person. And yeah. I just only want the best for both of us. You're not like, like having this whole internal turmoil with all of your thoughts. And I think that so much of burnout that physicians experience is yeah. because of emotional burnout from all the negative thoughts that yeah. they're thinking all day long. No wonder they're so exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. I know yeah. I had that experience as well. And for so sure. when you learn to manage that you're for yourself, and then you, then you can actually show up as someone who can bring out the best in somebody else versus thinking the answer to me feeling better is this person changing. Yeah. That's never like, going to happen. No. <laughs> right. right. That's like, will you please change so I can feel better? That would right. be great. <laughs> right. going to happen. You're the leader. I don't care whether you're their, their official manager or not. You are the leader in the relationship. You have positional authority. You have the opportunity to calibrate and discuss how this relationship will flow. And I believe if that doesn't work, right? I don't know the insides of every organization, but what I know is if I ever want to demonstrate that the person I have reporting to me or supporting me isn't working, I need to do that in a manner that is justified through evidence. So if I've already set expectations and I have clearly documented in my mind and written down observations, I'm not complaining. I'm going to my support team or whoever I I work for and saying, here are the actual factual problems with this performance. Not that she's driving me nuts and she doesn't listen to me and she, right? It's this, this, these are the actual facts. And that's what I'm going to pay attention to. And if I've already done my work over here, that gets really easy. If I'm so emotional, then I just sit down and I, you know, figuratively slump in my chair, like I can't deal with her anymore. And that other people who are higher than you, they don't want to hear that. Right. But they do want to hear, I want you to see the four things that happened last week with a patient. And I believe that's affecting not just my patient scores, but our overall clinic's performance. And I think that needs to be addressed. Here are my recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I love that, right? Because you're also saying like, here are my recommendations. Like I've, I've determined what a problem is and this is what I see as the solution. Yeah. Like we always, I always, you know, teach my clients that it's like when you are going to go and complain, like you need to have a solution already. Absolutely. You can have that expectation of the people coming to you. The residents come and complain about something. Great. What's your solution? Tell me what you think would be a good solution. Like let them do more work than you're doing, you know? Yes, for sure. Well, (laughs) and it also teaches them it, it's about creating problem solving and right resilient right. employees and staff. Exactly. So yes. I love for that. sure. Okay. Yeah, great question. All right. So now I have kind of a whole long list of, you know, how should you handle employees who? <laughs> okay. okay. Number one, how should you handle employees who argue with one another? With one another. Yes. Don't ref. Don't referee. Mm-hmm. I actually have a podcast on this. Awesome. It's how to not be an employee, the referee for your employees. So I know we'll share that, that podcast, info, yes. but yeah, that's exists. So 
you have employees who argue with one another. And, and the reason this can become an issue is then they come to you to want to fix it. Yeah. Yes. So this happened to me several times as a manager and I used to not know, I didn't handle it well. And I would always listen. I always wanted to be very collaborative and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Then I started to realize, wait a minute, then all that's happening is now I become the bad guy, right? So, and one half of this group is not going to be happy with my decision. And it wasn't even mine in the first place. I got involved and I shouldn't have been, right? Mm, yeah. And so I, in one particular case, I had two managers who fought all the time and they would both you know, come to me and I'm, I'm like, what am I in a Shakespearean play? Like I felt very like <laughs> Othello and Iago, like dueling it out. <laughs> and I finally said, if one more, if I get one more of these... I will not discuss my decision with either one of you. I will just make one. And that shut them both down, right? Yeah. So when employees argue, my belief is you go back to them and you tell them, hey, my expectation of people who work for me is that they are, and whatever those expectations are that you set, right? That they're solutions focused, that they focus on the patient. What I'm watching in the two of you is not demonstrating that expectation. And I expect you to work it out. It's like, let them own their problem. Yes. I will hold you accountable to working it out. And if you can't work it out, here's what's going to happen. Because it's it's unacceptable. I have such a strong line on this. Gossip, arguing, passive aggressive. It's a no. That destroys, destroys cultures and it will destroy your business. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that was one of my things. So what about the people who gossip, spread rumors and create drama? Right. (laughs) So so Dave Ramsey has a really good, so we can put this in your show notes. Dave Ramsey has a really good two minute video on gossip. Okay. And I mean, he's pretty bullheaded, but I love that about him because he talks about how, first of all, gossip is so insidious that none of us even know we're doing it. Yeah. But basically he defines gossip as you talking to someone about a problem they have no power to fix. Mm. Okay. And so it could be about a, a thing happening in the business or it could be about a person. But if they are not in a position of authority to fix it, then that's just, that's now you're gossiping, right? Yes. And when we set expectations for our, so now if we're thinking about a doctor who's running their own clinic, right? This is where you can see how having those expectations, and I would even take that one step further if you run a clinic where you do expectations for yourself, you meet with your team, you calibrate with your team, their expectations, you post them. Mm. They're everywhere. What are the expectations? I had one client, she wasn't a physician, but she was a chief risk officer. And she took every expectation and she gave it to a marketing department and she had them blown up and they were beautiful and they were all over the office. And so if I have an expectation of being a team player or being honest or whatever, solutions focused, whatever, you, I want you to think about those expectations as like an umbrella, right? They're, they're broad. And, and so most of us don't have like company policies against gossip, mm-hmm. but we do have an expectation of honesty or we do have an expectation of being solutions focused or being a team player. Well, gossiping is not aligned with that expectation. Yeah. Any one of those. And that's how I would address it. And I did, I had to have a very strong conversation with a very bright, talented, capable woman many years ago about gossiping and undermining confidence. 
And I, it was the heart, one of the hardest conversations I've had to have because I loved her. She was amazing. But I told her, you know, I have a conversation flow that I teach. And so we, we demo, we talk about what is the issue you were talking about so-and-so after saying that you wouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You broke a confidence. The impact is trust is gone. Yeah. And you can't be on this team if people don't trust you. Right. So if it happens again, you won't be here on this team. Yeah. And it was tough, but I can't stress enough for any of you listening, especially especially small offices. It's like, it's, you get one in there and man, the whole thing is a mess, right? What you're describing right now was the exact description of my 10 years in practice of what was going on. Yep. It's terrible. If it wasn't this person, then it was somebody else. And it varied over the course of time. Yeah. Well, it's whack-a-mole. It's always whack-a-mole happening. Game. Yep. And, but, but if you become the physician, here's the good side, you guys. If you become the physician who is recognized as running an organization that is clean and positive and engaged and supportive, you will attract the best oh players in your industry yes. and they will stay. Yeah. And so like, I have goosebumps saying that, but yeah. I, I can't even tell you how, like, it's so hard to clean it out. I, yeah. I'm going to give you that, but oh, once so the you best do, work you can do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just up levels your whole organization. Everything. And the thing is, is that patients can tell for like, sure. Patients can definitely tell. And so it's, you know, it, it's a it benefit for everybody. Us. It's like a 360 yeah. benefit. You know, it it only helps with everything, but being willing to do that hard work to clear it out. Yes, it is. But there's a process to follow, right? It's like I had, I got an email from a client today because he was, he was going to fire an employee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was making her some offers. She had options. And I said, so how did it go? And he wrote back, it's messy. (laughs) And he said, well, and it's because he's so uncomfortable. He says, really uncomfortable around here. She has two weeks to decide what she wants. I'm like, it's all right. You can do messy. All good. Yep. We can totally do that. You've done your work. Now she has to do hers. She has to do hers and let her own her work, right? Like you don't have to take on her discomfort during that period, right? Nope. So how do you handle an employee who is pretty unmotivated? Or the flip side of that is how do you keep your employees motivated if they already are, you know, A-teamers? Okay. So number one is don't assume responsibility for other people's motivation. And I know that a lot of, it's a really interesting dynamic because we tell managers how much they have, they motivate their employees, right? Mm-hmm. But let's really break down what happens. Motivation is a feeling, yes. right? So where does the feeling come from? Wait, I think I know. <laughs> Do you know? I think you've heard this before. <laughs> I think it might be from your thoughts. <laughs> right. So employees think thoughts that make them feel unmotivated, right? Yeah. Yes. I cannot make you be motivated. Right. But what I have responsibility for is how I influence your thoughts. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we when we have somebody who's unmotivated, I my first advice to you is take the off your list to fix them. It's not your job. Yes. Right? Yes. What we need the employee to see is look, I can I see that you're unmotivated or whatever they would call themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the impact. So this is the actions you're taking when you feel this way, right? We just run them through that so they can see their own behavior. Yes. And then we have to ask them, are you willing to feel differently about your job? Oh, that's so good. 
And if they say, yeah, I really do. I mean, I like people here. I just feel really drained. Okay. So what else, what else do you think about what you do here that makes you feel better? What else can you believe? And then you can hold them accountable to the thinking and then the results, but you cannot make them feel different. But what I believe happens and the reason why we have so many engagement, I mean, 70 to 80% of working employees today are disengaged. That's what Gallup wow. says. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. 10 people on your team. That's seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the reason there, look, I believe there's a couple key reasons. We don't have managers who are well-trained. Yeah. So they're not managing, they're not managing on purpose. They're in yeah. reaction mode, especially yeah. that office manager who has no management experience is in a technical expert in healthcare and insurance and accounting. Right. But they don't know one thing about corralling and motivating a team. Yes. So we have to develop that person. Then we, there's no accountability. So I, if I'm a top performer, if I like to perform well, but I work with three other people who could care less, eventually that's going to suck me dry. Yes. And so if, that, if those three aren't being held accountable, why do I keep working hard? Yeah. Right. Holy. It's like, you know, that, that old Jim Rohn quote of you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, you spend a lot of time with your coworkers and, you know, you can have, you can bring in this one amazing person, but if the other people are what you're describing, right. Eventually it's like you go to the average (laughs) and 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 that's why we don't want our kids like hanging out with like the wrong crowd in quotes. Right. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the, as, as the physician who runs the, or runs the department or the office, if you're not holding those three people accountable, that's affecting the motivation of the organization. That's what your responsibility is. Your responsibility is to have clear expectations. Your responsibility is to have clear accountability processes, right? And how you show up. When you walk in the office, who do they meet? Yeah. Do they meet someone who just goes straight back and starts working? Or do they meet someone who says, good morning, thank you for being here. It's great to see you today. Yeah. It seems like they actually care about you. Yeah. Yeah. These are subtleties, but it's mm-hmm. how do you influence the thoughts that they think? Yeah. Right. And, you know, we can't ever underestimate that even, you know, when you have positional authority, so if you're the boss or you're the clinic owner, your facial expressions trigger thoughts. Yes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's some, some doctors are like really intimidating, you know, like the, the way that the, you know, the assistants or the helpers or whatever are into, they're like, Oh my God. And now he's super mad. And, uh, and like, everyone's yeah. all up in a tizzy about it. And, you know, they, yeah. there's, there's so much of a dynamic there and you're yeah. spending hours and hours and hours with these people every yeah. more than you even so see your I'm family. The, if I'm the leader, I have the responsibility to understand myself first. Right. Yes. And if I've heard more than once, maybe three, let's give you three times that you're intimidating. You need to pay attention. That's not just everybody else's problem. Right. right. And that's how you, then you're working on like, how am I showing up? Am I showing up as the boss that I want to be or the leader that I want to be or the manager that I want to be? Yeah. Yeah. And then really thinking with intention, how am I approaching? Yeah. I mean, the the saying good morning thing is so interesting, right? Because I won't go into details to keep, you know, names anonymous, but (laughs) keep people anonymous. But like, it really is interesting. The people who come in with a good morning, how are you? Versus the people who come in already pissed, basically from who knows what, you don't even know why you say good morning. But people will make it mean it's their fault. Yes. 
right? They or that you're them. a jerk. And then what do they see? All the evidence for how you're a jerk. For sure. <laughs> right? for sure. And then they're unmotivated. Yes. So you can't make someone be motivated, but you can absolutely have influence over the culture and the energy and the thoughts that people yes. think. And so if there's Amazing. one person unmotivated, then we coach them. If it's, a, yeah. if it's an engagement issue, then we have a lot of elements that we'd need to look at. It's so good. So Chris, like I could have asked you like seriously three times as many questions. And so for sure, if this is helpful to anybody who's listening, we can have her come back. <laughs> so just <laughs> let us know, email, email hello at katrinaubellmd.com or in the show notes for this episode, definitely let us know. But so you work with organizations, you work with people one-on-one, you work with, yeah. So tell us about what you have to offer us. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us everything. Sure. So I have a podcast called How to Lead. It's on iTunes. I listen to it. My husband listens to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's short, you know, 15, 20 minute snippets on anything you can think of as it relates to leading and managing. And it's pretty much for anyone, depending on, you know, if you're brand new or run your own business, I think you'll find something in there that's helpful. And I do do, I have a manager formula program. So it's a, it's a, it's a coaching program for people who manage people. So what they do, what you get in that program are modules, videos on, you know, the key things that we've been talking about, setting expectations, accountability, coaching, dealing with difficult employees, leading and managing through change. Really the core things that I, in my tenure have found, these are the the giving feedback. These are the pieces that people really, really struggle with. So if there's someone out there who's just feeling like, you know, I just had a guy just hire me a couple of weeks ago and he's like ready to sell his three businesses. He's like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I'm like, no, you could do this, right? Yeah, you see right. The answer is not <laughs> jump ship. <laughs> let's not do that yet. Let's, let's at least try putting some of the stuff into place and see if we can make, make an impact. And then for your listeners, I do have my difficult... I have this little ebook. It's called the Difficult Employee Remedy Handbook. It's very short. It's little. I don't know if you're going to have a Zoom link or not, but it's very small. But if you want your copy, you can just go to my website, which is leadershipcoachllc.com forward slash difficult employee remedy. And then you'll get the book. We'll put that in the show notes for this episode. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be here. And I know that you guys do such good work and don't let these silly little management things get in the way of yeah. doing the powerful work of the world of healing people. I'm a big fan of doctors. My husband's a physical therapist. So we, we talk about these kinds of things all the time. Yeah. I think a lot of that is really, it's just, it's all the same. It's like, I know, I recognize that I need this team to help me, you know, like I can't do it by myself, but all of this drama and nonsense pulls away from your purpose of why you're even doing this in the first place. Like when you signed up for med school, you weren't like, I can't wait to like manage a bunch of really difficult people who don't want to be there. Like that's what we're trained in being dramatic because the culture, (laughs) right? The culture of medical offices is like this. So you get a new one. It's like, if they've already been working for 20 years. This is what they're used to. Yes. They bring it with them. Yes. Kind of, right. We think of it visually like, you know, you hire a gardener to come mow your lawn, but they just mowed the lawn over there and there was crabgrass in that lawn. And so now they've just spread the crabgrass onto your lawn, right? Without yeah. even, it's just a culture of, and so, but like, I really, really mean it for the physicians listening. Like you could be the physician that everybody wants to work for when you create that culture that's so yeah. healthy. You never have to work hard ever again to find good talent. Yeah. And, and, and then your reputation is so good. It's so yeah. that's like, that is really yeah. amazing where you're like, yeah, every time we need to hire someone new, I mean, we have to, it's so hard to pick from all the amazing applications we have because exactly. people have been chomping at the bit to work at our office. 
Yep. Yeah, that sounds so amazing. Good. Okay, Chris is so your answer bad. to having that experience. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, so Chris. Great to talk to you today. Thank you. Thanks. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.